Pivotal Pop with Xander, Ed and Hayden. Welcome to Pivotal Pop, a music podcast hosted by three pop misfits where we break down and tear apart albums that were pivotal in artists' careers and give you our own personal take on how we thought the album rollout should have gone. This week, we get into Kylie Minogue's 10th studio album, X. After battling and overcoming breast cancer, Kylie was ready for a comeback, and she gave us perhaps one of her most unique efforts to date. Let's get into it. Pivotal Pop with Xander, Ed and Hayden. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back for episode two of Pivotal Pop. You are joined with Xander, Hayden Panettiere hickson and Edward Cullen. And we are back again to cover another pivotal moment in pop. Guys, how you been? Good. That was great. Thank I you. Like that was amazing. And I much. nailed the intro this time. <laughs> well done. It only took, and, and we're back. Home, it only took about seven tries this time. Seven tries. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're not going to show anyone the, the drafts that we just did. What have we got going on this week? Well, it's my turn this week, and I'm excited to say that we are doing Kylie's 2007 album, X. Um, it's probably her most interesting album to discuss for a couple of reasons. Mm. Um, it was a post-cancer album, bit of a comeback. Yep. Um, controversial lead single, really amazing marketing campaign, not so great singles rollout, great tour, failed US launch. Like, There's a lot. But I think for me as well, it was a pivotal time in my life. Um, I just finished uni. I was doing an internship, and I was about to head around the world traveling by myself for five months. I will admit that this was the album uh, of Kylie's that I probably know the least about, oh, besides the 80s ones, but who listens to them? But I I really hadn't delved into this album properly before and I kind of just palmed it off, but I'm really keen to discuss it because there's a lot to discuss, I think. Yeah, I'm similar to you, Xander, in that like I, outside of genuinely outside of wow i hadn't heard of a single um like song on this album before and i thought that in when disco came out i was like okay let's do a big kylie deep dive and i thought that i had downloaded every single at one of her albums Mm. and i just even like bother with x it was like the one that i just didn't even download the one and actually the one is probably the one (laughs) we will be discussing the one which is a song on the album um but let's just get into it guys on 21st of november 2007 kylie minogue released her 10th studio album titled x a reference to the roman numeral Almost exactly four years after her previous album, Body Language, this still remains the longest wait between Kylie albums ever. But it was for a good reason. Our beloved Kylie was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2005. After having just released a best of and thankfully surviving breast cancer, all eyes were on Kylie to see what she'd do next. Body Language, while a fan fave in some dark Twitter circles, didn't quite have the same success as Fever, and people were curious whether she'd return to her disco pop roots or even make the post-cancer record. After a few leaks, the divisive lead single Two Hearts was released, a glam rock pop number. The song would go on to hit number one in Australia and number four in the UK, kickstarting the era in style. X would also ultimately go on to sell over a million copies worldwide, peaking at number one in Australia, number four in the UK, as well as 139 in the US. It was later certified whoa, 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 in whoa, Australia hold on. and the UK. 139. <laughs> In the US, how did I know. rush over that? What? Like it was, it was <laughs> no. I think with number one and four. <laughs> I think how dare you even mention it? I feel like that's an, <laughs> I know, that's I, an I, insult I, to her career. 
It's not look not her best, but actually not her worst. Um, and with that all said, I'm very excited to discuss with you boys. And just on what you were saying before, I think that's made me even more excited to discuss it because we're coming into it at really different times with different pop sensibilities. I'm really excited to hear what your take on it is. Yeah, because I think, Ed, you were probably uh, 30 at that point and Hayden was about two years old and I was somewhere <laughs> in the middle there. So big moments for all of us in life when the album came out. Um Hang on a second. I am the age now <laughs> that Kylie was when she made X then. So wow. have that. She That's was 39 cool. years old, which is quite old. Like you think about it back then, 15 oh, years ago. Oh, I can ago, tell. I'm looking at you now. 40 was very different. <laughs> <laughs> like 40 now is not a big deal for, no. for a pop queen. But back then it was still kind of a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that actually does play into some of my thoughts on the album mm. because a part of me does think that like, I mean, you set it up very perfectly with the context you offered. It's like Kylie kind of did have something to prove with this album because everyone kind of expected her to make this, I'm what would I assume be like a ballad heavy kind of post-cancer, I'm the survivor, I've made it kind of record. And instead yeah. she came back and said, no, I'm still a fucking sex icon. Yeah. And that's not something you're going to strip away from me, which would have been a lot, like a really big deal, for, as you said, for someone who was almost 40 in the year 2007. I think what's interesting is that I feel like Kylie's an artist that is was almost kind of ageless. Like, yes. you just, yeah. you never thought of her age. You never thought that that would kind of be something that would set her back. And I think that after the cancer diagnosis and her taking that time off, I, not, not that, she aged herself, but I think that time aged her in the industry. And I think X was probably the first sure. album that people kind of almost forgot her a little bit. And I think that really showed in how it charted. It showed in how well the singles went and it showed in how many sales the album had. But it's always Agreed. a risk, right? When you take a really long break between pop records. I think one of the reasons why Rihanna is as big as Rihanna is, is because she genuinely just gave us mm. an album a year. Like yeah. she just, she truly pumping them out. I was looking on Wikipedia for this, of course. And um, her, Kylie's first four albums were four years in a row as well. So she was serving us some Rihanna, like kind of, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah that is true. Maybe it was different back then for her because she would have been doing Neighbours. And so it's like, she was still yeah. like, we're always getting a bit of Kylie. Like we're getting our Kylie fix, like constantly. Really, it was before streaming, and I think there was still that kind of you can make people wait four years for an album. It wasn't that digital, we must have it now kind of energy that there is in the world. Mm. I mm. I think as well, what I noticed is that her her last release before X was Body Language. Now, and then she had, she obviously had the greatest hits as well in between there, but that didn't have much new music. Now, the, the sound of pop music between those two albums had changed drastically. And mm -hmm. I don't think she knew exactly where she fit in after that because a lot of time no. had gone by. She yeah. ha hadn't invested herself in the industry or, or, um, you know, with new sounds because she, you know, she was battling a life threatening disease. So I think when the time came for her to make an album, she took the opportunity to experiment with some sounds and styles. And I don't think we had heard her this experimental since impossible princess, um, and although the direction wasn't as focused as Impossible Princess, nor as bold, I still think it took some pretty big risks sound-wise. Yeah, but it wasn't like, but I would say that Impossible Princess is like a masterpiece, right? Because that was experimental holistically. Mm. Whereas this one, 
this feels like she was throwing shit at the wall, being like, what the, what's going to, what am literally. I going to align with here? Yeah, like, literally. Yeah, she great. Was every sort of like popular sound that was like out at the moment, throwing her voice onto it and being like, yeah, this, this could be me. Yeah. And, and then she, yeah. That's, I think that's the difference I really think- with Impossible Princess is that it had, it just had focus and it knew exactly what sound it was going to be. Whereas X, which yeah. I think every song on the album, maybe bar two or three, you could be like, oh, we could actually give that to that artist. And I don't think we'd ever heard that from For Kylie sure. because when you hear a Kylie song, you think no one else could do that song. Yeah. Agreed. I think like you can just feel the voices in her head. She's like, oh, you know, I should I should make a post-cancer song. So I'm going to chuck Cosmic on. I need to crack America. So I'm going to put all I see on. I really want to experiment. Like it's just kind of all over the shop, as you both just said. Yeah, I, mm. I, I want to bring up the cancer thing uh, for a bit, because I think that is quite significant. I think the decision to almost ignore her cancer battle and personal struggles across the album, uh, I think that was a bit jarring for fans because they'd been mm. deprived because she's a quite private person in general. They've been deprived of her for so long. And I think people were expecting her to come out with this album that really addressed a lot of the stuff she'd been going through. And I think neglecting it, I don't know if that was the right choice. Personally, it might've been the right choice for her, but I think career-wise, people were just so desperate for something at her at that point. And when X came out with this electronica pop Euro dance vibe, I don't know if that was a disconnect for for fans who I, I don't think were expecting that to happen. Sure. I think someone who did it remarkably better was Ariana Grande after the, the Manchester bombing. Mm. She came back with something that was very dancey, but she, it started very somber and she explained it very well. And I felt like the message of like, yeah, that was sad, but we need to get back and enjoy life and celebrate. Otherwise they won. Whereas Kylie didn't seem to do that so well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I was thinking about this a lot um, and I was having a read last night and I came across this because interestingly, the reason apparently that she refused to address it was because she was worried that it would be Impossible Princess 2.0 and would be equally critiqued as such. Now, because Impossible Princess wasn't critiqued very well, but now now it's an absolute classic yeah. and, and, and people's attitudes have has changed towards that album and think it's one of, it probably is her best. Um, we, I think, I think it's a shame that that album rollout from the nineties, uh, almost scarred her to steer away from yeah. uh, being that vulnerable on, on an album again. For mm. sure. Like she wrote, um, so much of an impossible princess and it, you're right. It did scar her, mm. um, which is such a shame. She's such a, from what I do know of her, she's such a perfectionist and she takes things really personally and, um, yeah, it would be so hard for her to put her heart in the sleeve again. I mean, this album is really special to me because, like, as I said before, I went backpacking by myself for five months where I was sort of, like, meeting friends here and there, but really I was just alone. And music, um, like, I didn't have my phone with me. Music was my only sort Did of anyone have their to... phones with them then? <laughs> I think I had a motor <laughs> razor and I lost it in a, okay, in, in a, in a donut on the water. <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't bring my favourite cave painting with me. So I had to... Um, <laughs> find other ways to connect the world um no and it just like i mean yeah look as we discussed before it wasn't uh her most personal record but it did comfort me and um you know when i was sweating it out english gay bars the bops were there for me yeah right so they were playing this in like gay bars in in the uk oh yeah in my arms was everywhere there like even though it wasn't the number one song there it may as well have been the number one of the decade it was everywhere yeah, cool. Because sometimes I feel like the charts never accurately reflect like 
how it was consumed at the time. And I think because this was post sort of, sort of like social media, it's hard to like, that's such a nice insight to think that like some of the more dancier cuts were like really respected, especially in the queer community. I, my oh, only right. memory from the album really is two hearts, which is shocking because I think there's such big pop moments on it. And it is for, I was, I think 2007, I was in year nine and I was doing Rocker Stedford because I was a cool kid. <laughs> and, and all I know is that another school was doing their performance and Two Hearts was in it. And I remember thinking, I was like, God, this is, who is this? I had no idea who the artist was. And eventually I found out that it was Kylie and I was like, what? And like, I wasn't, I wasn't that big into pop then. I was an R&B boy when I was younger, and, but I just couldn't believe that it was Kyla Minogue's song because I'd never heard her do anything like that in my entire life. What about you, Hayden? Did you have any, do you have any memories of this album from when you were younger? Genuinely, no. Like, I, I, I don't really think this ever sort of came across me. I would have been in year six at the time. Um, I remember WoW was like a, like, a song that people were like, I, like I would have heard on the radio and stuff like that. But um, yeah, no, like none of the, I hadn't heard of any of the other songs before, but to be fair, like with, I think my Kylie, Kylie's fever had a really big impact on me as a kid, like watching video hits and rage. But then after that, like I didn't, I, I just didn't sort of come across her. Like, I don't think body language came across me bar maybe the red blooded woman reference in Catherine Kim. And like, <laughs> to be completely honest, I, I didn't actually know that she had cancer until like actually diving deep into like research for, oh, really? for Yeah, like I had no idea that that oh, was wow. like- Oh, so you know, I really, I remember where I was when I found out that she got cancer and it was, and everyone was just in shock because like, she was like our yeah, Kylie. Yeah. Like she was, she was the girl next door. And yeah, I, it was a, I remember it being a huge deal at the time, like just people and like disbelief. Mm. For sure. It, to be honest, I mean, not that there's any good time for cancer, but in terms of Kylie's career, it's probably like one of the worst times that could have happened. Um, mm. I think after body language, not doing so well in America, which I feel like she almost kind of pandered to, um, there was, there was, there would have been a lot of pressure anyway, but on top of that, a comeback. It was a lot. Yeah, she she yeah. really was. Uh, I mean, Fever was the peak, but she was really just at a really good level career-wise. And the Greatest Hits album was a huge success. Like, I think I Believe in You was in yeah. the top three in the UK. Like, it, it, it was a hit over in Europe and Australia. Yeah. Uh, and even, what's that? What's the other one? Giving you giving it up? Giving you up? Giving you up. Giving which you I up. think is so underrated. Yeah. I, which was a number six hit in the UK, I think. I couldn't tell you how it goes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, <forget. laughs> I always forget that that song even exists. But but still, it it, it was a another top 10 hit. And so she was still, yeah. she was still smashing out bangers and on a really good trajectory. And yeah, probably the worst time to get it because I, I can imagine that in this time that it took for her to recover from the cancer and record X, she probably would have had another two albums out. So boys, I'm very excited. I've got the game prepared for today. Yes. Um, it is based on an Australian show and it's uh, called Spix and Spa X. Um, <laughs> oh? So the game is, the game is that you are going to listen to a song from X and then I think that a song sounds similar from that. Um, and we're going to, A, if you agree that they sound similar, and B, which one do you prefer? Yeah, Oh, the, I that love is, this concept. That is true because listening to the album, almost every song I was like, this sounds like this one. Oh, yeah. 
I can't wait to start, like when we start talking about the singles, to really dive into just the cosplay that she did the on cos- this album. Yeah, the drag. <laughs> the drag. You know, you know what's funny? <laughs> when I was doing the, the the songs for Spicks and Specs, I'm going to say it like that every time. Specs. Um, I, I've always talked a big game about how I could pick a song that sounds like every song in X. And then when I came to, when Push came to shove, I was like, Xander, you got to help me no, out. I know, I did do a bit of help. <laughs> Oh wow! We had a secret I, chat I, away I from you, Hayden. Secret chat. Fuck this! I don't want to hear it. All right, Ed, what's up first? Up first is Kylie's "The One." And next, Winter Gordon's "Still Getting Younger." Okay, Ed, this is. I'm actually really mad at you because these are two of my favorite pop songs of all time. When <laughs> I think of feel good pop, I think of Kylie's The One and I think of Winter Gordon's Still Getting Younger. And both, particularly Still Getting Younger, is very nostalgic to me. It was, I, I, I think it's actually one of the best pop songs of all time. I, I can't fault it. So I hate you for this. It's stunning. Oh, <laughs> it's stunning. I, I think. By the way, I do think they sound similar. I I think I am going to have to go with Still Getting Younger. Ooh. Hayden? I am not familiar with that Winter Gordon track at all. Oh, get out. <laughs> the one. <laughs> but to be honest, they didn't sound too similar to me, I feel. But maybe it's because um, of the delay in my earphones. <laughs> Possibly. If you if you listen to it, the real money shots at the start, like it's just got this big drop and then it's like a disco euphoric banger. Mm. Um, I, I think I, not so much yeah, in yeah, melody, but I think in production, I think it's very similar. In essence. Yeah. Essence. <laughs> Hayden, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think I, I think ultimately the I think the one seems like the better song. So I'm gonna lock in the one. Right, uh, this is tough, but um, the one purely for nostalgia. I love Still Getting Younger, but I came into it later. The thing is, though, when I discovered Still Getting Younger, it made me love the one even more. And then I just kept on sort of like falling into this like pattern of playing them both relentlessly. Yeah, that's good. Because it kind of like gives you that fix of the other without making sure that you're sick of the other. Yes, you, you, you both, you, you are, Ed, you kind of making me want to change my answer, but I am going to stick with it. I am. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up is Kylie's All I See. And Jordan Sparks, One yes! Step at a Time. Yes! One step at Bad. a time. Oh, no need to thank rush. you. Ed, thank in you. Love. Oh my. So good. Thank you so much for bringing that up because <laughs> fuck me. When I first heard All I See by Kylie, that instrumental just sort of like, it was like, it was something in my brain was just like, you know what this is, you know it so well. And, and I couldn't work out what that song was, but for some reason I just associated it with footsteps. And then the <laughs> second I worked it out, I was like, fuck me, how did these two vastly different songs have the same instrumental? Like, it, it, it's insane to me. Okay, I absolutely agree with this pairing. Now, first of all, I want to talk about this a bit because it doesn't, I don't think it just sounds like one step at a time. I also think that it sounds like because of you by neo oh don't you reckon can you play uh, i can know you play a bit no i wasn't prepared what i'll do is i'll add it in now 
<laughs> in post, wow. in post. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I agree with that actually. I'm thinking about it now, and there's definitely a sound of the time, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. I think there was probably a few other songs that it sounded like, but okay. I have to go with one step at a time. Like it's a no-brainer. That is one of my all-time favorite Jordan Sparks songs. Like, and it she's vocally so great on the track at the end there, when she's like, one step better. I can't do it because I can't sing. But you get you, you get can. it's just reach for the stars <laughs> and uh <Yeah. laughs> but you know the fucking I totally the, agree. the footsteps in the song, it's just it's a great song. It's so underrated. I actually think it might have been the best single from her debut album. Or it might even be her best song, her best single ever. Over No Air? No, 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 no. Oh, SOS. shit. Um, no, SOS, Let the Music Play exists. Oh, and when they give that the credit, no. it is. Yeah, well, Garbage. you know what else gets a credit? The original song that it copied it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's called sampling ad. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your TikTok generation. <laughs> no, I agree. I think one step at a time absolutely is the better hit. To me, though, it's because I hadn't heard any of X before. I'm not quite, I don't really know mm. like what the timings were for each record. But to me, like, George owns that sound. Okay. Well, she owned that sound in the way that Kylie's. Um, all I see doesn't, I, I feel. Or, so, or maybe like mm. Kylie's voice is a lot more paired to pop, I'd say, than going down that like R&B route. Yeah. Da, 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 One da, step da, at a time. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, fuck off. There you go. It got a little bit off at the end, but the, yeah, but the, the journey to the high note I was had, perfect. I had done my warm-ups. <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to rush. <laughs> oh, Xander! Oh, I can do. Okay, I can, I can so sing a little bit. I, a little bit. I know. I didn't realize we had so many vocalists. <laughs> I can't. What I say I is that um, sometimes um, I make noise and it's good noise, and sometimes I don't. So. <laughs> yeah, it's always. It's like I can sing, but it's always hit and miss. You know. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm not a trained singer. I, I train know, myself, and sometimes it works. Right. Next up is Kylie's "In My Arms." And Queen Sophie Ellis Baxter's Bittersweet. I know I shouldn't go, but something makes me crazy. Hayden, I can see you. <laughs> what are you thinking? Do you reckon they sound similar? I do think they sound similar. Mm. I do think that like the the Euro pop, like cause cause that Kylie track very much takes on that sort of Euro pop sound, which yep. I'm sure Sophie Ellis Baxter played a role in pioneering at the time. I do think I like the Kylie song better though. I do. <gasps> okay. I hate In My Arms. And I actually <gasps> I actually personally think that In My Arms is the worst song on that album. Wait, really? Wow. Yeah. So I didn't expect can, that to be cool. Are you a Calvin Harris fan? Do you like his sound? Yes. And I know that he wrote the song, and I think this is probably the worst song he's ever written. <laughs> <gasps> whoa, 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 I know, whoa, I know. Whoa. Yeah, and, and there's you, had, you have. There's something about the song. I don't know if it's the lifeless production or if it's the horrific melody, <laughs> but I, I can't. I, I, I actually think it's one of her worst songs that she's ever released, and I cannot believe that it was a single. And so I'm respectfully, wow. respectfully going to say "Bittersweet" by Sophie Alex Baxter. 
by default, I, clearly. Yeah. Like by default, that had nothing to do. With- but even if they sound similar, I actually like bittersweet. So explain the science behind that. <laughs> wow. Um, do you know what? To, uh, in my arms um, actually leaked before the album came out, and the demand for it to be such, like a single was still so big Ooh. that they did it anyway. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. They should have just. I think it was actually rumored to be the lead single. Yeah, well, I think because it was pre-streaming, I don't think it mattered. Yeah, I mean, it was a surefire hit. We'll we'll get to that soon. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's not that out of the question, Xander. Like, that's it was the second single. Oh, it's so trash. (laughs) It's so trash. I can't stand it. Ed, you're choosing In My Arms? Yeah, I mean, how can you go past how do you describe a feeling as the intro? That is just the best thing Carly's ever done. I think you're a weak gutter dog person for that choice. What's up next? (laughs) Right, next up is Kylie's speakerphone. And Britney's piece of me. (laughs) This really, the comparison is there. Same producer. Yeah. You can tell, even Kylie's... um, the way she she vocalized the song, it's Britney. As soon as I heard this song, I was like, it's Britney Spears. Also, I think it sounds like, um, sh- was it Shy Boy or Shy Guy by Jordan Sparks? Yes. Mm. There's a lot of Jordan in this. Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah. But, uh, but a lot of similar producers on the album. Um, this is a fucking no-brainer, obviously. It's Peace of Me by Britney. Yeah. I, I'm, like... In listening to this album for the first time now, th- like I really gravitated towards speakerphone. Mm-hmm. I think because it was so similar to Blackout. Like uh, in consuming this album now, I was like obviously point- picking out and pulling all the references, and the ones that really stuck with me were like the really like insanely dance pop ones. Yeah, and yep. like speakerphone really, really, really is great, and it's like one of my favorites on the album. But piece of me felt like it felt like the blueprint for me, so it's got to be that. Yeah, I, I actually think like. Piece of me, I, I went back and listened to a few of the, actually this producer, who is the producer again? Hold on. Give me two seconds. I think it was Bloodshine Avant. Yes. Now they have done a ton of songs for Britney, like Unusual You, Toxic. Like they are, mm. they are, they basically like made her career in the 2000s. Um, but I really think that Piece of Me is the superior song of, of that sound, that kind of like robotic way of singing it has to be piece of me I, I can't fault a piece of me I would agree I'm actually like- I'm going to be controversial and I'm going to say speakerphone but mm. I have a roundabout compliment to Britney because I think speakerphone is one of the best songs on X for me whereas for Britney it's not even one close to one of the best songs on Blackout you and think? I think that yeah like I just think that album is just so fucking strong it's not an insult to the song it's a compliment to the album I have mm, my my counter argument with that is that I don't think lyrically speakerphone is that great, whereas I think Peace of Me is a fucking masterpiece. Like, absolutely. That's true. Well, I mean, I think as soon as you like start doing technology analogies, everything gets dated very quickly. What does she, yeah, what with, does um, she say? She's like, <laughs> on the phone, on the dance floor, on the dance phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the data technology. I think because crazy to me, Crazy in Love is one of the best songs of all time. And the idea that in the chorus she says, kind of hoping you'll page me right now, I'm just going to let every other oh, like data yeah. technology <laughs> line slip. So, Lucky Last, 
this is this one might be a bit controversial, but Kylie's No More Rain. And Madonna's Ray of Light. Now, I actually read a review of the album and this particular reviewer called um, Rain, sorry, No More Rain, um, Ray of Light, Light. (laughs) 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 And I found that that really, really funny. And I definitely see the similarities in the song. And I didn't, when I first heard No More Rain, I actually think No More Rain's one of the best songs on the album. I think it's one of the only songs on the album that sounds like a Kylie song, which is very refreshing uh, coming off um, a song like Heartbeat Rock. Jesus Christ. I don't know who approved And also, one. Xander, it, it ticks the post-cancer box. Like the No More mm. Rain analogy just feels yeah. like it yeah. covers it. That, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the X. 2008 tour, but that song is one of the absolute highlights, and that's going off a massive back catalogue of songs. Oh, I have to mm. go back and watch that, but I, I actually totally agree with you, Ed. It was one of the only songs in on the album where I was kind of like, oh, this, it feels like, it feels like her, it feels like this has purpose on the album, it's not just thrown on there. Um, but having said that, I'm going to have to go with Ray Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very fair. I feel the exact same way. I'm not going to say too much on, I'm not going to say a lot of my thoughts on No More Rain, just yet because it does spoiler alert play into my single choice yes but um but ray of light is just like that's so 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 iconic and iconic in like madonna's discography and iconic in making madonna like someone who was like famous for like two decades to someone who was famous for three and so iconic (laughs) 90s music video to go with that song as well i love the video yeah ed what 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 was your choice I'm going to say Ray of Light. Obviously. It's not even close to one of my favourite Madonna songs, but it is just, I mean, it's iconic. Okay, so I guess we should jump into the singles now. First up, Two Hearts. Now, I like this song. Do I think it fits the rest of the album? Fuck no. But no. <laughs> but I, when I was reading about the album, Kylie apparently like fell in love with this song and apparently she re- she kept re-recording it to make it sound like her vocals sound lazier and lazier. Um mm. but uh, I I think this is the complete wrong choice for the first single. It sounds like nothing else on the album. It wasn't a great precursor. Um it's very confusing to me. Yeah, that's fair. My only notes for this is um so I, I for, for a lot of the songs on this album, I wrote like who she was cosplaying for that song. <laughs> yeah. And I have Mika cosplay. <laughs> oh my God, Hayden, that's, that's really true. Which, well, I was, I kind of wrote that down being like, I don't quite know if this is what I'm trying to articulate, but yeah, there's something about mm. this song. I'm like, like tying to, to Mika, maybe it's cause it's like quite camp. I also wrote it's giving Chicago, which I'm guessing I mean the musical because I don't think I mean the deep dish pizza, um, <laughs> but the song is good, it, but you're right. Like it just, it feels like it doesn't quite fit with the rest of the album, but, but it's a cover, you know. isn't it? It's a, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It's a cover of, of. Of a of a song that is that song. <laughs> I should know this, but I actually don't think it is. Hold on, I thought it get, was just, pre- just. I'm gonna get the trusty yeah. Wikipedia up because everything on there is so correct. But I'm pretty sure it's a cover. Yeah, it is a cover. Oh, there you go. You're quicker than me. 
Yeah. Who was it by? By Kish Mov. Was it released? Oh, was it an old song? The, uh, maybe, but Kish Mov was like the producer, I guess. So I just assumed that it was, yeah, them producing, not actually doing the song. Yeah, maybe they had wrote it for themselves and then decided to release an, a different song oh, instead of that one. That and is later just mm, precursor to another song in this singles list, which I will get into. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Ed, do you, would you agree? Didn't quite fit? Totally. When it came out, I actually love this song, but I'm like, oh, we're getting kind of a Scissors sisters kind of 70s Ooh. glam rock album. Mm. And then the rest of it dropped, and I was like, what the fuck is yeah, this? No. Like, Yeah, 100%. Very confusing. Well, the second single of the album was... In my arms. So you guys can talk about that. <laughs> I can't believe you don't like it. I, I hate can't, it. I truly can't believe it. And yeah, not that, not even that you don't like it, that it, it's like the one that you hate. I know, I hate. The production and- is good. It's aged well, I feel. I'm, I, I, Sander, I, like, how do you describe a feeling? How do I? Uh, well, uh, my feeling right now is rage at this song for being chosen as a second single. <laughs> I think I've said all I have to say about it, so I'll, I'll leave it to you guys to say... <laughs> What do you think yeah, about this fair. choice? You go ahead. I mean, to me, it was just like, I love it. It's a surefire hit. It's not not my favorite song on the album. It's probably not even top five, to be honest, but I think you'd have rocks in your head to not release it as a single. Yeah, I completely, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, as I said, definitely gravitated towards the more blackout cosplay, but um, <laughs> the production on this is insane. The synths are insane and it's aged well. So it makes the most sense. I but they probably could have led with it. It's not what I would have gone with, but yeah, I don't know. It's so strong. It's such a strong song. I think originally she did want to lead with it, so you're probably on the money with that. But I guess she would never have been able to release two hearts if she did that. Surely it just would have been made even less sense. Mm. Well, not all opinions are correct. So moving on, uh, the third single <laughs> was Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm gonna play it actually. Where are we? <laughs> I love this song. Yeah. I really love this Feel song. Feel pop at, at, its, at perfection, at its uh, finest. Yeah. I know. And and, and the, there's such Kylie-isms in it. I just made up a word. I did. Made up a word. Mm. The, the, the bit where she's like, wow, 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 wow. That is so Kylie to me, the, the way they produce that effect. On, on her vocals yeah. there. Every time I hear that, I'm like, it's fucking Kylie. It's fucking Kylie. I can't, I can't put it but in any other way. Imagine, imagine <laughs> walking into the studio and the lyrics are written on the page. It, it just says, wow, three times. And she goes, I, guys, I think I have an idea of what to do with this. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow, It's very similar to, <laughs> I tell you, um, I... uh, which is like, I could be so lucky, 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 lucky. It's just the yeah, repeat. She loves repeat. Yeah. Yeah, I actually wasn't a fan of this when it came out, and I remember a girlfriend of mine was obsessed, and it was her favorite al- song of the album, and I was Correctly so sorry. upset with her. Like I get, yeah, <laughs> I get actually upset with her. But now I've, I, do, everything you've said is right. Like it's such a Kylie song, and it's so euphoric and fun. I, I do feel. Hello. Oh, I think his earpods have died. Oh yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Well, wow, 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 yeah. wow. <laughs> well, what yeah. she did actually work on this song with, uh, is it Karen Pohl or Kirsten Pohl? Karen Pohl. Karen Pohl. But yeah, I mean, that, like, you can hear that in the song because yeah. it sounds like every single person in that recording booth was having the time of their fucking life. Absolutely. And I love that. Like, it's so nice when, like, we get an upbeat pop song that's like, you can just tell the vibes are there. Oh, he's gone. He's actually gone. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's fully it's okay. It's, it's, a, it's a duo podcast now. Um, but like yeah, Ka- yeah, yeah, Karen yeah. Pohl produced songs like Red Blooded Woman, Time Bomb, which now I'm thinking oh. about it sounds really s- kind of similar vibe to Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. New York yeah. City uh, for the Definitive Collection, which is more recent. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, she also produced Heartbeat Rock. What a shame. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But like, r- f- really good song. It's it's a staple in all of her live performances now. Um, I think yeah. it should have been a single. I think it should have been a single before In My Arms because anything could have. Um, but that's just my opinion. No, you're so right. Like, it, it should have been a single and maybe it should have been the lead, but we'll get to that later. Oh, <laughs> uh, we will actually. <laughs> Let's just figure out where Ed's gone. <laughs> yeah. And Eddie's back. Yay, Ed. We've just had a big discussion about Wow Without You. Look, I've warmed the song, but I just, I don't know. I think there are so many better single opportunities. Um, I don't think of this song as a classic. I just feel like it was a bit of a a wasted opportunity. I know I'm alone by myself. I can see your faces. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kylie. That's you guys have such random takes, and I knew that I had the random takes last week, but this week I'm. I know I'm firmly correct. Arguably, in no, in my arms over wow, really? Okay, I guess really. So let's move yeah. on to All I See, which is the fourth, <laughs> which was the fourth single. I It's a perfect pop I, I song. A, it's her best song of all time. It, uh, Jordan Sparks never had a career in comparison. You shut your fucking mouth right now. I'm going to play this song again because I said I need to take it in again. Where is it? I don't think I've ever heard a more not Kylie song in my life than I Kylie. I agree. I can't believe I never totally. heard it before. Or, or like it wasn't memed or something because like yeah. to me, this is insane. Well, like, memes insane. didn't exist in 2007. <laughs> well, bring it back now. I'm going <laughs> to tweet this. Like... <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bizarre choice for when the I album. This, and well, I think a bizarre choice for her to even choose to record like it it's it's so american it's so american pop r&b shouldn't mm. have been a single i was gonna say i feel like you you could feel the record executives in the background watching her record this to nail america Going, it yes. just does not feel right at all <laughs> and mm. also like the at the end of the song you can hear it in the streaming it sounds like it's going to go into a rap break or turn into a different song that sounds like a hip-hop song and it doesn't it's almost just like they didn't even fucking care I let's just put it on the album see what happens in, in- in America, it did get released with a rapper called Mim. What a eyes, something to see with. What eyes could be so deceiving. If lies ain't what we believe in. I thought it was a girl rapper. No, Mims. Mims is the rapper on it, and he did the song that's like, "This is why I'm hot. This is why oh I'm hot. This is why. This is why. This oh is why yes. Hot. Um, I know that. Um, as well as Mims in a in, in I know in China, I think Japan and somewhere else there was also a feature. So in, in multiple Fuck countries, off. there were different features on the song. Now I couldn't bother it, to go look them up because I wasn't going to listen to it that many times. But I do know that for that's, a fact. That that is insane to me because it's giving girlfriend by Avril Lavigne when she did all of the different versions. But for all I see, like the effort going into this, no. well, a part of. Fox B side is crazy. Interestingly, how I said that it sounds nope. like because of you by Neo. Neo did the same thing with that song, and I know that um, uh, Yutada Hikaru from Japan, who's their biggest pop star uh, 
ever. I'm one of the most successful artists in the world. She was also featured on Neo's because of you. And that it was a similar concept. So I don't know oh, whether that was right. the idea of the producer. I think that he produced both the songs. So um, yeah, a little, little tea for you there. And also Kylie didn't just release it in the US. She actually ended up releasing it in Australia as a download. And I, it was just kind of like maybe because they invested all the money in the video clip or something, but it just was a completely railroaded In the video the clip, it took, she them three so hours, much time. took them three hours to film this <laughs> clip and she did it when she was on tour. <laughs> it's actually worse than I, I was going to cancel, which is saying something. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to cancel this song. But look, actually, I don't really. The song's <laughs> fine. I just, I think it's because it's not her that I'm against it so much. But I don't. It, it's fine. The song's fine. The final single of X, and this pains me, was the one which I think was the absolutely wrong choice to have it as the the final single of the album. Uh, also, confusingly, it was released with a new mix for the single release. I'm going to play you now both versions to see how they both sound different to each other. This is the album version. And this is the single version. I hate the single version. I think it takes all the life and the soul out of the song. It turned it into this... Um, he's showing my age. This doof doof, like um, banger dance track, which it wasn't. That's not what the song was about. It was like a real internal, for me, celebration of of wanting someone to give you attention. Um, if that makes any sense, but that's how I I felt about it. Um, and the original production, I think, is timeless. I think you could listen to that song. I don't know why they did that with the single version. Mm. I totally agree. I am going to get death threats on Twitter for saying this, but I feel like the freemasons version could have just been any other song. I think the yeah. one is like, I know we just compared it to another song before, but I think it is so special. I think it is like, it's easily my favorite song on the album. So easy to do a kind of generic dance mix didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah for sure. It felt like another situation where like, the label probably didn't know what they had on their hands with the one. And like, obviously free Freemasons at the time was probably popping off with like Kelly Rowland or something. Mm. And they were like, fuck, we've got to, we got to get that radio smash hit. Like, you know, this was sort of like a perfect way to just like take something that was already on the album and then make it a little bit more like cosplay of like a pop queen at the time. Yeah. But I agree. I, I mean, I didn't know that that second version existed, but it doesn't sound good. No. And it sounds like you'll go off at a gay club, but I feel Ew, like- the, the, No, even at a gay club, I've heard it once and I was actually like, oh, turn it off. Like what, sorry, what homosexual <laughs> who is DJing, maybe they weren't homosexual, but what homosexual, if they were, who is DJing would go, I'm going to play the single version of the one. Who are you? Like, get the fuck out, man. Or woman. All them. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just an odd choice. This is one of the only songs on the album as well that sounds like a Kylie song. Agree. Agree. Wait, and hold like, on. Question. I should have asked you to watch this why? before. I was going to say, I, sh- I wish I'd asked you guys to watch this before. But, you know, I talk about the Kylie show, which is the kind of skit show where she sort of shows, um, sorry, she performs songs from the album. She does this and there's like a sort of semi-video thing and it's honestly the most magical fucking experience. Mm. I was so excited for the album when I heard that. I'll send it to you after. 
Yeah, right. Please do. Um, I was just gonna ask Xander why why if you love the song, why were you so against it being a single? Or are you only against it being the final single? No, yeah, I'm against it being the final single. I I, I don't understand the logic. I, I well, I'll get into that why precursor yeah, to my yeah, single choices. Yeah. Uh, but something interesting about this song is that this is also a cover. It was never officially released by the original artist though, because when they wrote the song, it was submitted to Kylie. But it took about 10 months. Um, oh, forgive me. I actually did find the name of the artist. It's just disappeared from my notes. Um, oh. If someone could do some digging while I'm telling the story. But this artist, um, they they sent it in. Um, mm, they sent it in. and Laid. Was that Laid, was it? Yeah, Laid. Yeah, so they sent it in, submitted it to Kylie. It took te- They took 10 months to do anything with it. And by that point, Laid were kind of like, we kind of want it back and want to release it. And I think... I think three days before they were going to do so or something like that, um, Kylie's team were like, oh no, it's actually on the album. And so they never actually released it. I actually went and listened to Laid's version and it's absolute garbage. So don't even bother. It's awful. Oh, <laughs> I don't mind it. It's not as good as, it's obviously a demo, but it's still really good. And just on that, there is a, a two hour YouTube video of all the demos for this album. And there are some scorches on it. Like, Thoroughly recommend listeners to check it out. Oh, I will do that, actually. So what is significant about this um, song not charting that well is the fact that it was only a digital release. There was no physical copies made. And if you think back in 2007, um, buying songs digitally was only really becoming a thing then. So Mm. I think the single suffered um, because of that. I think it charted in the top 40 in the UK. So I can imagine if the physical yes. singles were released, I think it actually would have charted well over in the UK. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was 36 from memory. Mm, um, I think you're right. Chart gay nerd. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, I don't know what she was thinking doing that. It could have been easily a top five single, even as a late single in the game. Mm. Uh, okay. So I'll just I actually go- want to ask you guys a question. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think this album does it really resonate as a Kylie classic or, you know, is it because it's old? Is it because it wasn't singles went right? Like what are your vibes on it? Why does or doesn't it resonate as a classic? It's it's not, it's quite sort of divisive and people don't think of it as, as a Kylie classic album. I, I, I definitely think it, it has a lot to do with the fact that people wanted something very vulnerable and personal from her after the cancer battle and it didn't happen. And what they did get was a mix yeah. mash of songs that weren't suited to her stylistically. Um, mm. And, and uh, you know, leading, you led the singles with two hearts and then you came in with In My Arms. That's a real contrast of, of sound there. And yeah. it was confusing for people, I think. And um, Kylie's usually very uh, on purpose with how she releases things and um, her sound's usually very cohesive. So I think people just didn't connect to it because of that. Yeah. That's an excellent, I, it's a really simple but excellent point. Like if you hear two songs of very different genres and you're not a Kylie fan, why would you go out and buy it unless you, they both happen to exactly. align with your interests? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, it's like, it's not even like a lemonade situation where like they're intentionally very different, but, but it's mm. telling a story and, and you're sort of being exposed to like Beyonce's personal life through it. It's like, no, we're, we're, we're getting a mishmash of songs because she doesn't know what to do with it. I think ultimately with X though, maybe one of the reasons why it isn't remembered as a classic is because 
whatever reason you would consider an album a classic, there is a different Kylie album which does it better. Yep. Like I would say yep. that like, like if we if you wanted to think of like a slutty kind of like early 2000s Kylie, you, you'd probably go to some cuts off of Body Language. If you wanted to go like her pop peak, it might be like Fever. If you want to go to her most like alternative and just like strange sort of like era, you'd yeah, go to Impossible yeah. Princess. And so this kind of fits in this very strange place. And I think just as a body of work just doesn't hold up as much. I think, I think it's, it's the popularity of the album is growing over time because we look back on it and we're like, fuck, we were fucking harsh on that album. Like this yeah. is a good. And we go, oh, we forgot, we forgot about that album. Like I did. I, yeah. I always forget it exists. Yeah. And Hey, actually on that, I think that you would apply the exact same sort of like uh, revisionist history with Taylor Swift's Lover, where like at the mm. time it's like fucking pan, but like throughout, like since then, we're, we're all going back to it being like, oh God, you know, fuck, Cool Song is actually that song. Like there are actually a couple of good songs on here, um, even though, you know, it in the against the rest of the discography doesn't necessarily hold up. Yeah, that's a great True. point. Let's jump into how we would have done our single choices. Now, Ed, I'll let you go first because this is your this is your baby. This is the this is your choice. <laughs> your baby. No can, can I tell you? I changed my mind up until today. I thought I knew the answers for years, and re-listening to an album and getting it back into it, I've completely changed my tune. So, without further ado, lead single, the one, no Freemasons oh. remix, mm-hmm. straight yeah, into the biggest banger of the album. I just um I just think it would have been it kind of would have answered all the brief that we were talking about before. Um I do feel like there's this kind of post cancer, mm-hmm. I'm the one, love me, like I want to be, you know, she's reaching out to her fans. Um so I think that would have been perfect. Sandra, I'm sorry to say that in my arms would have been oh, the second gosh. single. It just was anyway, I'm a leaving. safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> all it took, Hayden, was that. Um third single. You guys are going to rip me apart. I'm picking Sensitize. I think it's one of the coolest songs she's ever fucking made. I love that she sampled this 50-year-old Serge Gainsbourg song, and it still sounds like one of the freshest things on the record. Single number four, another banger. You could probably choose between Speakerphone or Like a Drug. I'm going to pick Speakerphone. And then to round out the album and to support the tour, I'm going to say No More Rain because it was just so elevated by the tour. Okay. And that's my take. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, there we have some similar ones in there. I Oh, I'm uh, I think you have to go next, Sander. Yeah, I I have led with Wow. Um uh-huh. because oh, yeah. I ju- I I think it is quintessential oh, wait, is that how you say that word? Quintessential. Quintessential. Yeah, quintessential. quintessential yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an awful day with words, but we won't get into that. I, I think it's quintessential Kylie. I think uh when people hear it, they know what they're getting. Um and it's in the title. Wow. I mean, it's a, it's a great opener for the album. It, what the yeah. album wanted to be sound wise is what I thought this song did. So I think it was, it's a perfect oh. opener. Um, second, I have the one, I think after, wow, you've got to bring it back a bit. Uh, people would have been wanting a little bit of vulnerability. So, um, I felt the, the one kind of fit that next up, I actually have stars. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, because I think it has a pretty unique sound to it. It's a little bit rocky. I wrote some notes on it here. I said, I like this. Sounds like a Kylie song, possible single potential. Of course, I didn't actually write that many notes. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I thought it was another song that um, experimented, but still sounded Kylie. Up fourth, yeah. she needed to take a risk, and I put nudity. 
Yes! <laughs> yes! It was the risk her entire career and then we'd never talk about it ever again. Nudity. Oh, my God. So nudity is a four single. I think this would have been really divisive with the fans and I think that it would have been really divisive with uh, the media covering the release and I just think it would be great publicity for the album. And then so finishing up the rollout, I've put No More Rain because it just I just feel like it really melds everything together it um has that post-cancer element which i think rounds everything up um mm. and she wrote it herself she actually wrote this uh song along with cosmic right after she kind of finished the cancer treatments and it is a it is a direct song to what she went through one of the only ones that she wrote that made it onto the album so they're my choices yeah, they're good. These are both really good uh, rollouts. And I can't, I'm so glad that I'm going last because I actually <laughs> feel like mine combines both of what you oh. guys did. So this is going to be controversial and I don't think I'm allowed to do this. Okay. But what I'm going to do is I'm taking No More Rain off the album. Oh, It's not going to be it's not gonna be released on X, but it's going to be released as a pre-release single <gasps> as this moment to like address the cancer get it like have the have that moment for the critics to be like okay she's addressed it this is how she feels about it she's going to like move on like from this Hayden. but that's kind of like her moment to be like this is me talking about it and then that's done i need to pause you for 2 seconds because i actually wrote on my notes uh next to cosmic i'll read the notes out lyrics are trash a complete 180 on album sound could have been released ahead of the album as a way to finish out the cancer journey with fans and then come out strong yeah. with X. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is crazy. I, I, thought, I thought that about oh, Cosmic gosh. too, but I was like, Cosmic is boring as shit. Yeah, and so you're I'm right. not going to release that as a thing. But Okay, so no, No More Rain is the pre-release single, Address the Cancer. I think ultimately one of the reasons why this album really did flop was because she didn't address it in the way that critics and fans wanted. So I yes. think that if you give yeah. them that from the, from the get-go, I don't think the album necessarily needs to do that. I think she just kind of has to do it. So... No more rain pre-release single, take it off the album, or maybe, you know, chop cosmic and you can end the album with it. Um, give it a bit of time, like just let that sort of story settle, let the media do its thing, blah, 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 whether it takes a couple of weeks or a month, then come out with the bang of wow. I just mm -hmm. think that like the just the first fucking like couple of seconds of that is just like, oh my God, like you're here, we're here to have fun. You know, we're in for a wild fucking time. Um, and then also like Uzanda, my second single for the, you know, excluding the pre-release single is The One. Fuck yeah. I just think that that song is, it's it's so solid. Again, not the free, the Freemasons mix. Um, just the way that it builds, I think it could have done really well on radio, especially when you're like going off of a high, like The One. And it didn't feel too sort of jarring mm -hmm. of like between the releases, like Two Hearts um, and then In My Arms did. And then thirdly, I kind of wanted this spot to like occupy the maybe like leaning into like the gaze a little bit. So it could have it could have either been speakerphone or nudity. And genuinely, I think that it could have been any of those. But I'm going to go with like a drug just because I think it kind of like it captures the gaze, but also in, in a way that doesn't alienate the straight. So so gaze and drugs. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I, think it, I think it's like it could get like you know today FM like radio play, and so thank for you that, for dropping kind of, uh, my work. <laughs> I love listener, um, and then I <laughs> good on you. Think, <laughs> yeah, we'll give them a little plug, um, and then I think to to top it all off, I think I will do uh, in my arms because I think that that. Um, 
that the production on it has aged beautifully. I think Calvin <laughs> would have been like the, the like just having Calvin on that track would have done so much for it. And obviously there was so much hype for it. This isn't a world where it didn't leak, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, yeah, that's my five. They're my five. Well, four and pre funny. When we're like up until today, my lead single was always going to be like a drug. I don't know why, but I just completely mm. railroaded my campaign today. <laughs> I, my, my notes for like a drug were, I like this. And that was it. Um, <laughs> my notes for like a drug, I wrote something funny. It sounds like a villain song in camp rock. And I mean that only <laughs> as a compliment. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay. So final <laughs> scores, boys. We've we've given we've given our um thoughts on the album out of ten. Hayden, he's having a sip of wine. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with a solid six. I think that there are some nice highs in this album um and a few lows, but ultimately because it's not necessarily a cohesive body of work and because it didn't um speak to fans in the way that they kind of were expecting or wanted to hear um. Like holistically, I don't think it, it's it's a solid project, but mm. I think that there were some good moments, um, which no doubt like inspired other people, despite clearly being heavily inspired by other people at the time. I am going to give this album a 6.5 out of 10. Fairly, very similar rating. I think the 0.5 <laughs> extra for me is that the highs are so high and the lows, they're really low. They are. The lows are really low. Um, everything you just said, it's suffered with um, no clear direction on sound, and it was a bit of a mess. I can't, I can't give it anything lower than a six because I just think there's too many great moments. So yeah, that's my score: six point five out of ten. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to you guys. I'm giving it a seven. Um, too high. It, does, it has no cohesion, <laughs> which is <laughs> it has no cohesion, which is one of my favorite things usually in an album. And I think it lost a lot of our identity. But at the same time, there's so many good songs. Like even though I was saying before, I didn't love Wow. The intro and outro of that song are two of the best moments of her career. They are fucking insane. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and if I'm listening, Heartbeat Rock is the only song I skip. So, yeah, I really like it. It's just <laughs> So all of our scores combined, that kind of gives it a 6.5 in general, doesn't it? Yes, you yeah. win, Zane. We get it. <laughs> well guys this was a great episode and i'm really glad that you chose x uh, for us to delve into yeah it's really opened my eyes a lot to a lot of her lost career i guess it is it is the lost part of a career that no one really acknowledges so thank you for choosing the album now hayden next week it is your turn to bring a pivotal moment in pop to us thank you for listening to pivotal pop i'm madonna i'm joined also with hayden penitent hickson and Edward Cullen, and we will see you next week. Remember, if you want more Pivotal Pop, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Pivotal Pop Podcast for the latest updates and some fun extra content. And if you haven't subscribed, do it now. And if you don't, Ed's going to cry, and I don't want to have to deal with that. And if you give us a five-star rating, Hayden will send you his news. So it's a win-win situation for everyone. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is Pivotal Pop with Xander, Ed and Hayden.